the four keys to chiropractic success. Welcome everybody to the KC Chiropults podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Michael Perush, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Troy Fox. Troy, four keys. So somebody was asking me what I thought the keys to success were the other day, and I just popped off with these. Because I think these these four things, you and I kind of discussed them off camera for just a minute, mm-hmm. but you've heard me say these a million times. I, I think these are incredibly important to understand. And if you don't know these four keys, you're missing the boat. I mean, you're you're off doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing, don't need to be doing, things that could be damaging your practice. These things will build your success. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are kind of like uh, me when I'm at home, I lose my keys all the time. So <laughs> I, I think an air tag. Oh, you have it. N- n- no, I no, got an, a- I'm an Android guy. Yeah. Got an old bag phone. Yeah, exactly. Oh, an Android, I mean. <laughs> exactly. But you know, as we work with clients all the time, most of the time you guys aren't missing all four keys, but you're missing one or two and it does impact your practice greatly. If you can't look at that practice from an aerial view and see that all those pieces are in place, I think it creates a real challenge for your practice. So Dude. let's get in, let's get into it. Yeah. Let's talk so about let's, the four keys. Let's, let's dive into the most obvious one, the black and white one. <clears throat> you have to know your numbers and you mm-hmm. have to know your numbers on a deep, deep, deep level. We are so big on statistics at CATS. Why? Because statistics never, ever lie to you. And if you're not managing your practice by your stats, and I don't mean the, the the four traditional stats that the profession keeps track of, I'm talking about a deep dive into your numbers and doing trending analyses and those kind of things. You're you're missing the boat. You're you're mm-hmm. missing, in my opinion, the number one key to success. And I think a lot of people avoid looking at statistics because they don't want to deal with the reality of they might have to make change. Right. I think you need to change your mindset. Your mindset needs to be, what if I could find a simple way to create an environment in my practice to where I didn't have to work as hard to get paid for what I do? And and I see it in that manner because, you know what? Doing exams on patients is hard. It takes time. Adjustments? Yeah, we all love to adjust, or at least you should love to adjust if you're a chiropractor. Right. We love doing adjustments, and and they are bread and butter for our practice. But if you're constantly having to do exams just to get to a point of where your practice is sustainable, then let's look at your numbers. Because quite frankly, my concept is the adjustments are my bread and butter, And the exams or the new patients are more of an adjunct to my practice at this point because my Mm -hmm. practice is fairly full all the time. And so I I think that's where all of us would like to be, but how do we get you there? So rather than avoiding those numbers, embrace the numbers to figure out where you could make a few small changes. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw out a couple of things in that realm. You know, number one, how many adjustments do you, or patients do you need to see in a month to be profitable? Mm Mm-hmm. What kind of profit do you want or need? What do you need to drive? How do you need to drive the practice? So you take home the the paycheck that you want every month. How do you know how many staff you need? How do you know that you're turning your AR over on on a a good basis? You know, are Mm -hmm. you letting it get too old? Is it just sitting there? Is stuff getting written off that shouldn't be getting written off? Mm -hmm. Boy, that sounded really Texan, getting written off. 
Well, you per you perked up some ears right at the very beginning when you said, "How many patient visits do you need to see to make a profit every month?" Yeah, I think that's a, that that is the absolute cornerstone of every practice, and I, I would imagine that a majority of the you of you listening do not have a solid number in mind just right off the top of your head. Right, the positive balance, and yeah, the positive balance in your bank account does not tell you how successful you are. So I've got it broke down from a standpoint of not only what I need to see in a month's time, but what I need to see in a week and a day. And then if we have an additional expense, I can look at that and go, okay, this month we had an additional expense of $3,000. Right. Was there surplus there? I can look already and tell you, was there surplus there or am I digging into my savings a little bit to to meet that demand of that increased bill that I have that month? You know, maybe I have to replace an air conditioning unit or something. I'm thinking about that because I'm having to do it at home. Yeah. But it as happens. you think, yeah, as you think <clears throat> about those things, you can very quickly do the math and break it down from month to week to day again and go, okay, if I were to see three additional patients today over what my monthly is, I've already got that air conditioner unit covered. Thank God. Now you can rest easy and you can actually do your job instead of obsessing about what needs to be done or why don't I have any money in my account? Because you have it broken down statistically as to how many patients you even you even need to have on your schedule. I'm not I'm not saying that you're that's all you do. I always tell my staff the same thing. When we talk about patient numbers, we talk about money, we talk about patient visits, we talk about reacts. I always tell them, this is the number one thing. Our number one focus is to love on our patients. The rest will happen. So when I start working on numbers with patients, what I try to figure out is what can we do to better meet the needs of our patients? So you need to find that number. And if that number isn't where it needs to be, then you start looking at the aspect of what do I need to do to get there? Exactly. Exactly. Well said, you know, and it's pretty commonplace where we'll get a doctor calling us and they're kind of in trouble financially and looking for some help to kind of bail out of the situation. And one of the first things that we, we find out as we dig into the numbers is that their treatment plans that they're recommending are not profitable. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I have this litmus test that I've lived by forever. If it's good for the patient and it's good for the practice, then it's good for everybody. So do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about recommending treatment plans on services that patients don't need, but it could be your pricing is off. And so mm-hmm. even, even adding two or three therapies into a treatment plan, you're, you're still not priced at a position where you can have be delivering a, a, profitable treatment plan. Unless you're a 501c3, you're a Mm not-for-profit business, you should be turning a profit. And that's fair for you as a business person to be turning a profit. And you could- Yeah, you could be operating as a as what I call a nine one one Owie practice office. <laughs> now, when you go to an emergency room, you pay premium price to go to an emergency room. Yep. When people come to a chiropractor and you as a chiropractor treat them like an emergency room patient, hey, let me adjust you one time and let's see how it goes. Rather than, and I tell patients this all the time, when you go to physical therapy, let's say you had a shoulder surgery and you're going to go rehab that shoulder. You already know you're going to go three times a week for four weeks minimum and they're going to rehab your shoulder, right? And they always go, yep, exactly. And I go, and then you come to the chiropractor and you're looking for me to somehow put my hands on you sunbeams come out of the sky as the part as the clouds part and i perform a miracle 
And I said, it just doesn't happen that way. So it takes some time and effort to get you where you need to be. That's a great lead in, even with a patient that has maybe only been treated with OWI practic care in the past, Mm -hmm. it's a great lead in to explain why we might need to do a little bit more for you. And and here is here is the recommended, here's what we see with our, our treatment schedules. And I always like to talk about past historical data. What have you seen with your low back patients that come in to get treated? You have a pretty good idea of how quick they're going to get better in most cases. Let's say 85%. Even with that empirical data that you have that is somewhat subjective because it's in your own practice, you have a pretty good idea of what kind of treatment schedule this patient needs. Why wouldn't you just tell them that up front and say, hey, you may respond slower or a little bit quicker than this, but this is the average of what we see in our practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Great concept. And, and all that is, is just being truthful with patients. Mm-hmm. All right. We can get stuck on, on the numbers oh, yeah. all day long, but here, here's another one. Here's, here's another one of the four keys to chiropractic success. Spend the money and the time to invest in your staff, develop them. They are your mm-hmm. engagement partners. So get them engaged in the practice. And I hear docs all the time talk about, oh, staff turnover is just terrible. You know, they they come and go in four or five four or five months, and we'll break down their training program, and there's nothing. They're not training anybody. Can you imagine starting a job as your front desk person and not really getting any training? Mm-hmm. I, I know I'd be frustrated, right? And everybody's going to get frustrated, and it would just be a bad situation because y- you can't. You can't just show somebody how to do something once. Yeah. Hey, what's the number one reason that people leave employers in the United States? Lack of development. Lack, Lack of, of development. So it, it just you, you're not alone and in a different environment in chiropractic. We're right there with everyone else. If you don't train and develop your staff, it's contrary to what you believe. People <clears throat> would like to have more money, but they really want training. That's the number one. Training. Yep. And they want the, the they want to feel like they're wanted in your mm-hmm. practice, and they have purpose. And then third comes the money. Sure, yeah. you're once you develop them and they become a rock star, you better pay them to be a rock star. But exactly, it comes in that order. But you know, and I get it. We're busy as doctors. We're running around with their, like chicken with our heads cut off. We're trying mm-hmm. to keep up with records and notes and you know everything else that we have to do. Let alone just seeing patients. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you. That amount of small amount of time that you spend to develop your staff is huge. And I think we get, we, we get confused. We get confused on training versus teaching. And so Mm -hmm. somebody new starts and we'll teach them procedures. We might hand them a procedure book and then we walk away and leave them alone. Well, that, that'd Mm -hmm. be like a, a professional football coach walking into the locker room with the Kansas City Chiefs and saying, Andy Reid saying, you know, I came up with four new plays for this weekend. I think if we can really get these four plays down, we're going to win the game. And then he walks out of the room and says, I'll see you guys on Sunday. It's Monday. And -hmm. he walks out of the room. I'll see you guys on Sunday. Learn, learn these plays. Mm -hmm. Are they going to, are they going to affect those plays? Well, no, what happens is you you just you teach them how to run the plays, but then you have to train. And so you go to the chalkboard and you draw it out and you walk everybody through it. And then you go out on the field, you walk everybody through it. And then you start running the plays. And pretty soon by the end of the week, you're full-time, you're you're full-time in practice on it. And then by the time the game rolls around, you've got muscle memory for those plays. 
and you pull them off flawlessly. That's what we need to be doing in our practices with our staff is that high level of training and practice. Yeah. You just gave me a great lead into this too, because guess what? You're not alone out there. So at Cats Consulting, we actually do staff development and training. Now, do you have to do some stuff on your own? Yes. You can't just be hands off completely, but from a training standpoint, I've got my staff. I have some newer staff right now. They are eating this up. They have their own login. They jump on. And when they have time or I say, Hey, we're going to do blah, 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 take an hour. And I want you to go in and start doing some of the training stuff. They actually jump on and it's, it's basically at their pace. They go through the, the CA training modules and they actually get training. And then there's ongoing training for the CAs as well for the long term. So you're not alone in this. It is really tough as a, as a sole practitioner to try to run a whole complex business. And so a lot of you shy away from staff training and development because of that. We do that for you. It's yeah. great. We've made it super simple and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's paying off for doctors too. Yeah. Okay. I want to touch on one more. Well, we've got two more, but this next one, we've kind of already alluded to this one a little bit. It's kind of part of know your numbers, but it's setting your prices correctly. Mm-hmm. And there, there really is an art and science to setting your prices correctly. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think we need to go into it too deep here. But if you're finding that your treatment plans aren't profitable, your practice isn't profitable, patients aren't understanding your financial recommendations for your treatment plans and those kind of things, you may need to give us a call and let us help you with setting your prices correctly because Mm -hmm. there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And the right way is to set it and help patients understand it, which makes them retain in the practice forever. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a problem paying your fees. And remember, it's not about price. It's not about price. It's mm-hmm. about helping patients understand value. And that kind of that really kind of leads into the fourth key, and that's understanding consumer buying behaviors. Who are mm-hmm. consumers? Well, our patients are consumers. They come in mm-hmm. and they consume your services. So technically, they are consumers. Today's consumer has a different mentality. Doctors listen close than patients did. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago, Mm -hmm. today's patients think differently. And a lot of that is born out of having access to information, Google and Bing and, you know, all those search engine tools, you know, how many patients story come into the practice already having an idea of what's wrong with them because they've already researched it. Yeah. And this is something I talk about with staff. We use, we use the word explain. It's not with an X, it's an S, explain. We sometimes over and over and under explain. So here's the problem with either one. So they go to Google, they go to Bing, they go wherever they go. Yep. They have already looked up their condition. In most cases, they know what the most popular treatments are. They know what some of the complications are. And they walk in and start telling you that right up front. Here's what I think's going on. And here's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I came to you because it looks like that you're going to be my best result. Well, what a great lead in for you as a doctor when right. somebody comes in with right SI pain and they think they're in the right place to start with. That's a far different place than we were 20 years ago. So we don't need to over explain. Yeah, but you'll we talk need- about it. 
we need to confirm what they already know to be true. So we do the examination and we confirm, yes, your right SI joint is inflamed. It's spasmed. It's in pain right now. When we take you through these ranges of motion, this impacts that this orthopedic test was positive, which indicates you were right on track. What we don't want to do is under explain and say, yeah, you got a joint out of place here and out of place there, pop, pop out the door. I think you need to explain a little more than that because our clients are more savvy than that at this point. Our patients are more savvy than that. So that's the whole under and over explain thing. We don't want to do either one. We want to be kind of in the middle because those folks want to be reassured that they're in the right place, that we're going to be able to help them. And we tell them the other thing is that we throw in there is how much is it going to cost, right? They want to know those things. Sure. So, and can we get them better? And so we affirm those things. We explain what the cost is going to be to do it. So we follow those principles and that's how you, that's how you do it correctly. So there's no reason the old model was we took a hammer and a wooden stake and we beat it into them until they finally succumbed to it and said, yeah, I really, I want to do a treatment schedule and follow through with what you say. We don't need to do that anymore. No, we don't. When And we have to really understand the sensitivity of communication with patients today. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's real click. It happens really quick to blow them out the door if you over explain. Can we call that the Ricky Ricardo method of the Ricky Ricardo? Yeah. Love and it. that's where it, that's where it came from was Ricky <laughs> Ricardo telling Lucy, you have some explaining to do. I used I to love I used to love that that show. And so <laughs> I've, I've used that phrase forever. But yeah, it's <laughs> that's awesome. My staff thinks it's kind of funny too. Me trying to speak in a a slightly Spanish English dialect like Ricky did. He does way better than I ever <laughs> used to do. He was way funnier. That's funny. All right, everybody. I think we've beat this horse to death. So the four keys to chiropractic success, understand consumer buying behaviors, know your numbers, know how to set your prices correctly and train and develop your staff. Those four keys, when embraced completely into your practice, will help you blow the doors off your practice. Troy, anything to add? I think we covered it. I think I think if you if you work on those four keys and you break them down, put them <laughs> on paper, figure out what you want to do and how you want to do it, you're going to see phenomenal success with this. I agree. And we see it all the time. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. If you haven't done this yet, Go to catsconsultants.com and check us out. You can, you can check out our 32-point statistical analysis that we do. You can schedule a breakthrough call. we got a whole bunch of free stuff on there. There's probably a download or two as well. So mm -hmm. grab the information you can and come to one of our events. I think you really enjoy what we do. So from all of us here at Cats Consultants, thanks for tuning in today to the KC Chiropults podcast. Again, brought to you by Cats Consultants on behalf of all of us. Thanks for tuning in. See you later.